Okay, let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome. My name is Dr. Shannon Ritchie, but no one calls me doctor because I'm a physical therapist. Um, so I'm a PT. I like to call myself a fitness expert. I have been teaching yoga, group fitness, personal training. I've been in the fitness industry for the last 10 years. And I'm really nervous to start this podcast. And I think I'm just nervous to be scrutinized. I've written probably like eight podcast episodes and recorded all of them and scratched them all. Um, And I think I'm just going to start to put my ego aside because what I've realized is through the messaging that I've tried to convey over Instagram and over my blog posts, there have been so many people that have benefited from this information. And I'm just realizing that I need to kind of put my ego and put my fears aside and just do it. So I'm really excited that you're here listening. Probably the three people that are on listening. (laughs) Welcome. So I want to start this podcast because I've learned so much that has blown my mind over the years about fitness and wellness. I've had brilliant mentors and doctors completely change my perspective on what I thought were undisputed truths. And I'm sure this will continue to happen. I want this to continue to happen as I'm exposed to different beliefs and philosophies. And as I learn more about the science, physics, neurology, of our extremely complex human bodies. And that's exciting to me. I cannot wait. There's always more to uncover. But I talk with people every single day who are fitness minded, but their bodies hurt and they're sick of it. Exercise and fitness has become a lifestyle for them. It's not just a fad anymore. It's a part of their life, but they want to be fit and they want to feel good. They're sick of their bodies feeling like they're falling apart. If you're listening to this podcast, maybe you're one of those people who you love to exercise and you love the short-term benefits it provides. You feel really good afterwards. You know, you love that sense of accomplishment, but maybe you're sensing something is wrong. Maybe you're feeling your knees, your hips, your back, your shoulders. Maybe you're constantly sore, achy, or tight. Maybe you're starting to experience chronic fatigue. Maybe you, you know, can't run around the yard with your kids like you want to or that you'd hope to. And maybe you have a limiting injury that you continue to push through. I want to show you that chronic pain doesn't have to be a side effect of exercise. It's become extremely common, and I want to dive into some of the reasons why it's so common and present new tools that can not only preserve your body and your joints for the long term, but optimize your body and your joints. Because the human body is so complex, the fitness industry has tried to simplify things by giving us bits of information that we have for some reason applied to all workouts and all body types because simple cells. And these simple sound bites may have worked for one person, but many times are not benefiting the overall health of the masses. So here are a few examples of these sound bites that have become norms and for many undisputed truths in the fitness industry. Squats are the best exercise. Girls shouldn't lift weights or they will bulk up. Do cardio to lose fat. Target your problem areas every day if you want them to change. Hashtag no days off. Run to lose fat. Do core every day. My back pain is from a weak core. Blah, blah, blah. The list goes on. And we have held on to so many of these beliefs because it's much easier than learning and understanding the complexity of our own individual body. Simplifying these things helps our brain to develop habits that we believe are helping us and Not all of these things are bad or wrong for some people, but they probably aren't the best for everyone. And a lot of these are not based in science. And the problem is often these sound bites that simplify things for the masses can end up trading one problem for another. So let me give you an example. Many people pick up a running habit because they want to lose weight or they want to get fit. 
And they might lose weight in the short term, but what they aren't realizing is they're putting repetitive force through their body that can often lead to damage to your joints over the long term. So you're trading a potentially healthier heart and lungs, and maybe you've lost some fat for less healthy joints. So you're trading one problem for another. And that might be a good trade-off for someone. And it's also possible that their joints never get injured. And I'm not saying that running is wrong. I know many people who run for reasons beyond the physical benefits, but I just think that we have glorified things like running and squats and stretching, et cetera, to the point where many people don't fully understand the long-term health risks to their joints and therefore their overall body, their inflammation, their hormones. And so they pick up these habits thinking they are doing something great for their health, not fully understanding the consequences. So I want to uncover ways that you can have an entire system that is healthier, not just pick and choose certain parts of your system at the detriment of other parts. I want to dive deep into wellness and fitness norms, mindsets, habits to determine if they are serving us rather than just trading one problem for another. How can we simplify our complex systems to make it more personal and beneficial for our own unique bodies? And how can we understand the risks and rewards and seek to choose habits that have the lowest risk and highest reward? How can we use wellness tools to create optimization and preservation in our bodies overall? So come with me as I challenge these norms and uncover ways to improve your body without just trading one problem for another, without just trading one potential health benefit for a system that is less healthy. My hope is that I'll do lots of research and do solo episodes, as well as bringing on some of my mentors and other experts in the field so that we can learn from all their brilliance as well. So I intentionally selected a topic that I wanted to talk about in this very first episode. And honestly, if you're listening to episodes later down the line, I want everyone to come back to this episode because I think It's really the solid foundation for the rest of the philosophies that I'm going to layer on throughout this, the length of this podcast or the, in like future episodes. So the first topic I want to talk about is one that I know many people struggle with, and it's the feeling like more is better when it comes to your workouts and when it comes to exercise, the feeling that you haven't done enough until you're like dragging yourself off the floor after a workout and the feeling that you have to grind away every day like the hashtag no days off, right? The feeling that you have to work more and more and harder and harder to see results and feel like you've finally done quote unquote enough. And we've gotten to a place where we feel like more is better. And if you've been following me for any length of time, you know that I am not a huge fan of these fitness norms because not only do they conflict with your body's natural healing process, but they also tend to encourage guilt-driven exercise. They can actually lead to regression, joint damage, weight gain, and overall less healthy system. In fact, I was just reading a study yesterday about how frequent, intense exercise can actually lead to less healthy outcomes over the long term, a less healthy metabolic system, a less healthy cardiovascular system, which is so interesting because I think a lot of studies and a lot of the literature isn't looking at that kind of upper threshold of what our bodies can tolerate. And that's what I'm here to kind of talk about today because more is not necessarily better. And I know there are so many who struggle with this feeling that you have to work harder and harder in order to see the results that you want. And unless you are peeling yourself off the floor after your workouts, you haven't done quote unquote enough. And it's truly not your fault. This mindset is infused into the fitness culture. If you've made exercise a lifestyle, 
you've been exposed to this mindset and you've probably created a hardwired neural circuit that becomes difficult to break. You know, after years and years of being exposed to this mindset that more is better, sometimes even decades of thinking that more is better, this becomes a circuit that's difficult to break. And the problem is, is that the results will often come in the short term because when you are working out really intensely, you often are putting your body in a calorie deficit and you will lose fat in the short term. And therefore, we start to believe that working out is what works, working out harder is what works. And this solidifies that neural circuit with quote unquote evidence, right? And your brain loves evidence. And although it may work in the short term, these habits will eventually regress you and can even be at the expense of your overall health and long term, like I mentioned in the study I read. In order to understand why this mindset can be damaging, it's helpful to understand the physiological mechanism behind exercise adaptation. And adaptation is essentially what you're looking for in your workouts. You are looking for your muscles to adapt and get stronger, creating more lean tissue. You're looking for your heart and lungs to adapt to be able to function at a higher level so that it takes more work for you to be out of breath. Sustainable adaptation is a slow build and takes time. And many times visual results will take like 12, sometimes up to 24 weeks or longer to create in someone that's new to to strength training. And this happens by striking a sweet spot of adaptation where you are doing just above your capabilities on a regular basis. So strength training or adaptation is kind of like a matrix. And think of your body as having a threshold of tolerance. And this is the maximum amount of effort it can produce without creating serious damage like tearing a muscle, breaking a bone, tearing cartilage, etc. What you want to do is kind of flirt with this threshold, like that's what I like to call it, getting right up to it and maybe slightly above it, but never really blowing too far past it. And this means you're adding a tiny bit more stimulus than your body is comfortable with, then giving your body time to recover and heal. And I have that in bold and italics, giving your body time to recover and heal. When you give your body the proper recovery time, the result is a stronger system than before you started. And that threshold slowly creeps up. And next time, you're able to do a little bit more. And this process happens little by little. So again, you stress your system, deconstruct muscle tissue just slightly above what you're comfortable with. Next, you recover. Then as you're recovering, lean tissue develops. More lean tissue leads to a faster metabolism, which I'll talk about more in another episode. And then you can add a little bit more the next time because you've built that muscle. You've built your tolerance. You've increased that threshold. So now you can tolerate a little bit more the next time. And that is how you see sustainable, real results that increase your muscle mass, again, thus boosting your metabolism and allowing you to maintain a lean, fit body with joints that feel good and not all torn up and broken down. With proper nutrition, sleep, and strength training, here is an average time frame you can expect, and this is for someone kind of newish to, to strength training. So let's, let's break it down. After about two to eight weeks, your strength will improve quickly and rapidly. So two to eight weeks. After a few weeks, you'll start to notice you feel stronger. You may be able to lift a little heavier weights after just one month. So you may be able to even go up in weight after one month. If you're doing my programs, this is the time frame where you start to feel better in your joints. Um, especially if you're transitioning from a different program, you kind of start to feel a little bit better because we're choosing exercises that aren't wearing down your joints. And of course, we're giving enough time for recovery, but I digress. <laughs> so you have less pain, 
you're generally feeling better and you're able to lift a little bit more weight than you could a month ago. But in this time frame, so that two to eight weeks, you won't necessarily see significant improvements in the size of your muscle. So you won't see the visual results necessarily in this period. Now, after about eight weeks, you start to see what's called hypertrophy, which means that your muscles are structurally increasing in size. You are lifting more than you did when you started. You feel much more stable again if you're doing my programs and you begin to see your muscles pop it. This may not be like your goal. You might not be at where you want to be. It's a continual process, of course, but if you continue to slowly and progressively lift using that process that I, uh, that process of adaptation that I laid out above, you will begin to see more muscle. Your metabolism will begin to increase at this point. You may start to notice you lose fat, again, if you're making the appropriate nutritional changes. And if you are consistently adding weight, you will continue to see muscle changes until about 24 weeks. And at about 24 weeks, hypertrophy, or again, that improvement in size of the muscle starts to slow down, but will still gradually increase as you train. So it gets a little bit harder to add more muscle after 24 weeks. You just have to be more intentional. Um, You have to be consistent, but absolutely possible. It just starts to slow down a little bit. This process takes patience and is something most people blow right past, leading to regression, injuries, or just not seeing results. There are two mistakes that end in less desirable results, and that is you're either not pushing that threshold enough or you're blowing right past that threshold of tolerance that I talked about earlier too frequently. So staying below the threshold of your body's capacity might result in maintenance of your current muscular system and cardiovascular system, but it won't necessarily lead to adaptation and change. Remember, you have to kind of flirt with that threshold a little bit, just barely pushing yourself past what you're comfortable with. So if you never really push that threshold at all and you're never pushing your muscular system, and you're staying way below that threshold of what you can tolerate, you'll start to see a decline in muscle mass, right? And I don't feel like I need to talk about that a ton because that just seems pretty obvious. And today I'm talking about more about more to those people that really are doing too much. So let's talk about the second thing, the second mistake that I see, which is blowing right past the threshold that you can tolerate with the more is better mentality, which will eventually lead to re- regression as well, right? So This is the part where many people have troubles understanding, again, because of the sound bites we've internalized from the fitness culture, like the no days off, no pain, no gain. And interestingly, even slogans like just do it have those subliminal messages that you need to get your butt to the gym. And whether or not you realize it, you've internalized these sound bites. And for most, they have become hardwired beliefs that you have to basically wreck your body in order to see results. So let's go back to the idea that adaptation is like a matrix. There's a sweet spot where you push that threshold just enough to create positive change, but not so much that you create negative change. When you regularly push your body past what it can quickly heal from, you never give yourself time to heal and your threshold can't push up higher. So it just either stays at the same place or that threshold can even drop because you're just spinning in that chronic inflammation. The example of pruning a plant comes to mind. I don't know why, but you prune a plant with the intention that it will bloom again, right? You kind of got to trim off all the dead leaves so that the plant has room to grow and blossom. I don't know about a lot about gardening, but I do know that people do that. But you let it grow, right? So you don't continue to prune the plant like day after day once it's bloomed. Another example that demonstrates this from more of a human physiological healing perspective is um, that first sunburn that you get 
on a summer day. You go outside for the first time of the summer and your skin isn't used to the sun. You know, you've been inside all winter and you get a sunburn easily, right? Your threshold for burning in the sun is low. And for many people, a sunburn will turn into a tan after a few days. And everyone knows that while you have a sunburn, you need to protect yourself from the sun because your skin is more vulnerable and it's healing from the damage. So you put on sunscreen, you stay out of the sun, you wear a shirt, (laughs) whatever it is. And then the next time you go into the sun, your threshold for burning is higher and it takes more sun for you to sunburn because you've given your skin the time to heal. You've developed that tan. Your skin is now a little more resilient to the sun. You've pushed that threshold a little bit higher. You burn less easily. However, if you go into the sun without protection while you're burnt, your burn will get worse and worse and worse. And eventually you can get irreparable damage to your skin. And this is just an illustration of the physiological mechanism for healing for most of the tissues in your body, including your muscles. It takes time and continuing to hammer away at your body before it's healed will never allow that threshold to increase. Your body won't be able to adapt like it could if you gave it the proper recovery. And then you won't end up seeing the desired results. Again, a flower can't bloom when you're constantly trimming its stem. So the question is, How much time should you be recovering from your workouts? And the answer is, it depends on how much you've pushed that threshold. And everyone's threshold will be a little bit different and can even vary within an individual. My recommendation is to give any particular muscle group at least two days of recovery, sometimes longer, even up to seven to 10 days if you've had a really tough workout. And the only workouts that I do are when I teach. And so I thought I'd kind of talk about what I do and what I found has really worked for me because my body has felt amazing for the past year since I've started my platform. So here's the schedule of what we do in Evlo and kind of what I encourage my clients to do as well. So Mondays are lower body in an optional cardio class. Tuesdays are upper body. Wednesdays is core, kind of like a Pilates class and optional cardio. Thursdays is an optional yoga class that has like a little bit of um, cardio in it. And then Fridays is full body. So between Monday and Friday, really, we aren't working the same muscle groups at all. So we might work glutes on Monday and lower body, and then we might not work glutes again until Friday, right? And if we really worked our glutes hard on Monday's class, I won't put glutes in on Friday. We'll We'll wait until the next Monday. So therefore, your muscles are stressed in our workouts and your muscles will feel tired after these workouts. Don't be fooled that they're only 30 minutes. Your muscles will be tired, but we give them time to recover and so you can lift a little bit more the next time. And that's why my clients find that they can progressively overload their their muscles, adding more and more weight very, very gradually and still continue to see progress rather than trying to do too much and staying at the same weight for too long, right? Because your body's not actually recovering and adapting. So Saturdays and Sundays, I completely take off. And I really do think that having those two days of recovery has been huge for me. And of course, I still move my body on those two days. Like I'll go for a walk or I'll go golfing or go for a hike or whatever it is. But I'm not doing any really stressful workouts. I'm not really working my muscles to fatigue at all. Now, your body might be healing from years or even decades of overuse and might require an additional day or two of recovery time in the beginning. Um, In this case, I recommend four workout days and three recovery days, or you can even go to three workout days and four recovery days in the beginning. Um, But remember to avoid working the same muscle group on consecutive days. 
But once your joints feel good on a regular basis, you can start to add a workout day or two until you get up to five days of workout per week, which is really what I recommend as an eventual goal. This adjustment is difficult for many because as I said, these beliefs are many times hardwired into us from years of being in the fitness culture. But fitness culture is largely driven by consumerism, not science. And that's a topic for another podcast coming soon. My challenge for you after listening to this podcast is to take just one month and maybe work out four to five days per week, never work the same muscle on any consecutive day and see what happens and notice your results. When combined with clean nutrition and enough sleep, you will start to see your body change in the way it feels and looks. You probably won't see a visual difference in your body in the first month, but you will feel stronger and your joints will feel better. And of course, if you're in my program, this is already structured for you so you don't have to worry about it. You just get to show up for the classes. If you want guidance on this, I highly recommend joining Evlo Fitness, my online fitness platform, workouts designed by a physical therapist. You start with a schedule builder assessment that will give you a recommended schedule. So you take this little quiz and it gives you a recommended class schedule to take for the first month. So that way you know you have the right amount of stimulus and recovery for your body. So that's just evlofitness.com, E-V-L-O fitness.com. And I'll see you there. And listen, this was super fun and not as scary as I thought. I actually really enjoy talking about this type of thing. If you have feedback, feel free to let me know. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.